Have you ever felt like you're just another number here on earth? Does God really know you? And maybe your children wonder, does God really know who I am? There's just so many people he created. Well, today we're going to talk about the significance of feeling known by God and the impact it has on us and others. And today's author that I have on the show wrote a children's picture book called Big Feeling Days. And it's a guide to help children through the exploration of emotions and the reassurance of Jesus's love during those tough times. We all know that parenting is hard work and life can get busy. We've done the research to help you. So let's dig deep with Leanne Mancini and work together to help you raise strong Christian kids. Hello and welcome back to Raising Christian Kids. Today I have Aubrey Sampson on and she co-planted and serves as a teaching pastor at Renewal Church in West Chicago and Timberlake, a multi-site church across the Seattle area. She is an author, a coach with Propel Women, the co-host of the radio show, The Common Good, and a co-host of the Nothingness Wasted podcast. She and her husband, Ken, and their three incredible sons live, minister, and play in the Chicagoland area. Welcome, Aubrey. Thank you so much for having me, Leanne. I love this podcast. I love what you're about. I love how you're equipping parents and caretakers and grandparents. So I'm just honored to be here. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. And we are so happy and so excited about your new book. And so please tell us why you wrote your book, Known, How Believing Who God Says You Are Changes Everything. Why do you think it's important that we Mm. uh, feel we are known by God? Mm -hmm. You know, it's one of those things that almost feels like a basic foundational understanding of the Christian faith, right? God knows you, God loves you, God is for you. But I have found in my, you know, 20 plus years of ministry experience that even Christians who've been walking with Jesus for a long time sometimes don't even believe that God is good and God is loving and that they are known intimately by the Father, like for whatever reason. And I think it's sin. I think it's probably the work of the enemy, of course. There's a barrier that even followers of Jesus sometimes put between themselves and God or because of circumstances, or like I said, because of attacks of the enemy or because of lies people are believing. And so again, you might love Jesus. You might be following Jesus. You might not internally encounter the intimate love of the father who knows you deeply, who knows every hair on your head, who has named you, who created you, who has plans for you, who has purpose for you. And so though it feels like kind of a basic concept, I feel like I was walking with a lot of Christians who weren't living from that place, walking in that place, experiencing that goodness of God and realizing like, oh, God knows me better than I know myself and God loves me and God is transforming me. And so really known came about, I mean, I was really studying the concept of what it means to be made in the image of God, like that phrase that we hear the Imago Day from Genesis to Revelation. And in that, I began realizing throughout scripture, like part of that is God made us, but also God knows us so deeply. And I just wanted people to experience that goodness. Yes, you know, known by God, we're intimately known by God. I I did a lesson at my church for the women entitled The Bride of Christ. Mm. 
you know, what does it mean that you are the bride of Christ? I love that. He is our bridegroom. He knows us intimately. Yes. Every part of us. And I think we forget that. Sometimes we think God and Jesus are up there and we're down here. Yes. We call on them, but we don't realize the strong connection. And we need to let our children know. Absolutely. That they are the bride of Christ, that they are known. I think it's so important. And I'm so happy you wrote this book. What are some common false names or identities Mm. that people carry? Why do we and our children often cling to these false identities? You know, it's so interesting to me. You know, I'll answer this in a couple of ways. One, you just think of the story of the Garden of Eden, right? Like sin and shame enter the garden. And what's the first thing that Adam and Eve did? Hid and covered themselves. And I feel like that's sort of what this false naming thing or living from our false self. We're trying to cover ourselves. And we do it for a number of reasons. One, maybe there's trauma, so we're trying to protect ourselves. Two, maybe we don't believe that God loves us. And so we think we have to present this false version of ourselves that's more like acceptable to God or what have you. And then three, I I, I do think we do it because there's a lot of pressure in this world. And we feel like if we don't present this version of ourselves that's like, whatever, whatever narrative you, you know, you think you need to be strong, you think you need to be wise, you think you need to be all of these things. Uh, we just cover ourselves again. Like we relive that story of Adam and Eve again and again and again. What I love about God is how God steps in. It's like, no, let's remove the false self. I want to tell you who you really are. And some of the, you know, some of the false ways we name ourselves, I think it's probably different for men and women, but I, I sit with a lot of women who just tell me things like, I'm, I'm too needy. Like that's something I, I've been told my whole life. I've lived from that place that I, I'm just needy. I'm just needy. And, and I've had to say to women, like, I wonder if your neediness is actually pointing you to a need for God. Like maybe there's an invitation there rather than like kind of shaming yourself and pouring guilt on yourself for being quote needy. What if you went, Hey, I am needy because I'm a human being and I need Jesus. And you allow that name to point you in the right direction, man, God can redeem that other, you know, I I sat with a woman yesterday who was like, I'm, I'm too emotional. I'm too, you know, we do these things. I'm too this. I'm not this enough. We we all know what they are. We're plagued by these things. And again, it's like, okay, well, what if God created you as very emotional to connect with other people, to show his love to other people? I I just think there's an invitation for us. Sometimes God does want to remove the name. We see this in scripture. God's like, nope, you are not this name anymore. You are a new name. God does that. Sometimes I think God meets our names with a new understanding of it so that we understand he created us on purpose, with purpose for his kingdom and to minister to other people. So I think it's part of it's just our freedom and our like knowing who God has called us to be so we can live in the world the way we're supposed to. That's part of why it matters that we know what our true names are. Yes, I I really like that. And I can tell you, too, that sometimes God has created us to be an emotional person. Amen. So we, we should embrace that and use that to glorify him in however, whatever door he opens for. And the other thing I think, too, is a lot of moms or grandmas or whoever, parents who are listening, fathers, you are not just a father or a mother. You are not just a nurse or a doctor or a waiter or a waitress or whatever. That's just what you do. That's not yeah. who you are. And sometimes we need to understand who we truly are in Christ. Again, known by him as the bride of the bridegroom. We're Amen. royalty. 
And we need to teach our children this very early. Yes. And and they see us too. You know, if we're acting depressed, oh, I'm too emotional. Well, maybe mm-hmm. your child's emotional. You're you're sending a signal that that's a bad thing when really it's not a bad thing. Yeah, that's so good. Heart. I love that. So how can the parents help their kids comprehend their identity and, mm. and let them know that they are known by God? Yeah, I love this question so much. You know, there are a lot of ways to do this. Can I just share like a practical anecdote from our family life? I told you, Leanne, before we went on air that my kids are older now. My oldest is 17. My youngest is 11. My middle son is 14. I'm a mom of three boys, which I love. I love these boys. But since they were little, we began doing this thing. And I actually learned this from an older mentor mom in my life, where we would would take their hands like literally have their hands be placed in our hands and we would name them by their fingers. So we would go to the their thumb, we would hold their thumb and we would say, you are a son of God. We would hold their pointer finger and we would say like, you know, you are, you are brave. We would hold their middle finger. You are here on purpose to love people. You are a warrior. I mean, whatever it is, whatever we felt like the Holy Spirit needed to speak over them, we would take their five fingers and name them something. And it became this little precious thing in our lives where our kids would come home from a hard day of school or, you know, they're tired at night and they would just hold out their hands to us. And like, like, please name me. I need my names. And one time I'll never forget this. I write about this in my book known my youngest son, Nolan, who is so precious. Uh, it was winter. He took off his winter hat and he was like, name my ears too. name my toes. Like he just wanted everything named. But the point of that is that's a sweet memory we can make with our kids. But it's also a very practical way to remind our kids like this is who God says you are, not who the world says you are, not the pressures you're under, not even who your friends might say you are. But this is what the creator of the universe says about you. And, you know, I don't think there's magic in it, but I do think there's power in it. Yes. You know, kids are just not audible. They, you just can't tell them. They have to have something that helps them to remember. They can look at their hands. Mm -hmm. I bet your your son laid in bed at night and probably repeated that to him himself as he lifted each finger. I think that's great. Well, Speaking of kids, let's go on and tell us about your children's picture book. Yes. I know it's really adorable. The illustrations are outstanding. Ugh. And it's such a, an important book for today. And the title is Big Feeling Days. Why did you write the book? And tell us about the book. Yeah, I, I am so thrilled about this book. It was born, it was actually born out of a, a pretty difficult thing that happened in our church. There was a precious family that had a stillborn baby. And, you know, I don't even have to tell your listeners how devastating that is. Some of you have walked through that or you've, you know, walked with someone who's walked through that. But we were walking with this family and they had three young children who were devastated by the loss of their sibling, a little girl. And the mom called me one day and she was like, hey, there there are a lot of grief resources for me and for my husband. I can't find anything for my kids. Do you know anything? And so I'm, I am doing an earnest, I'm on Amazon looking, I'm calling children's pastors. I know looking, I call my publisher, like just going, surely there's something out there. Can you send me anything you have? And they called me back about an hour later and they were like, you need to write this book. And it was just this Holy Spirit moment where I was like, I do need to write this book. I have written a, a book called The Louder Song, Listening for Hope in the Midst of Lament about how do we find hope in seasons of grief and suffering for adults. 
And Really Big Feelings Days, a book about hard things, heavy emotions, and Jesus's love is kind of a lament book for kids. It's like, how do we, what do we do with our big feelings for little kids who have them when we're going through hard things? How do we express them to Jesus? And then it's about the promise that Jesus is with us in the midst of our big feelings and Jesus is at work making all things new. So it's kind of like the gospel story, but with practical, really practical and creative ideas for kids with big feelings, how they can recognize them, how they can name them, what they can do with them in order to express them to God who loves them and wants them. Yes, I love, I just want to read a little section. Have you ever had a day that was bad, sad, and made you mad? All at the same time, that's a big feeling day. When you have a bad day or a sad day or make you mad day, your feelings might grow so big, they are like a giant dinosaur stomping around. Your feelings might grow so big, they're like a blistery gust of wind blowing you around. Your feelings might grow so big, they feel like a wild bouncy ball boinging here and there and everywhere. It's really a great book. I I just love it. And I like in this one page here, God made you and God made your big feelings too. Jesus loves you so much and Jesus loves your big feelings. It's You see Jesus in this book. You see him comforting the children. I love that. I wrote a book, Forever with Jesus, and it's for children who have to deal with losing someone who has passed away. Oh, I love that. So I just Mm. am thankful that you wrote all your books. We'll have links to how they can access where they can buy your books. Awesome. And is there any last thing you'd like to share with the audience before we close? Oh, no, I'm so grateful, Leanne, for your time. And I, I guess the last thing would be just to say thank you. There are parents and grandparents out there who have tended really carefully to kids' big feelings. And so God sees you. God knows how hard that is. And I'm so grateful to get to walk beside you with the book, Big Feelings Days. Yes, we are known by God and we need to wrap our mind around that. Thank you, Aubrey. Thanks, Leanne. And this is how we all work together to raise strong Christian kids. Thank you for listening to this episode that can now be heard on the Edify app. 